Hello and welcome to the Troopany Show. My name is James Troopany and this is my show. And today we conclude our coverage of the New Japan Destruction Tour as we go to New Japan in Kobe, which was at Kobe World Hall. 61,148 people were in attendance and to join me to discuss this momentous occasion with some very big matches is Mr. Marcus Green. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Glad to be back. We opened it on the right that we closed it. Exactly. Um, it's had a fun week talking about Dota Destruction last week, and we've got some big matches to talk about this week. So let's get started. Yoti Suji, Yuji Nagata, and Yua Iwamore defeated Alex Coughlin. That's Coughlin, not Coughlin, like, you know, the English and Irish pronunciation. It's Coughlin. Manubi Nakanishi and Michael Richards in the opening match. That was... 10 minutes and 5 seconds, it was kind of alright, really. It was just does what it said on the 10 kind of tag team matchup. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, same. It just, it, you know, kind of did, did, did what it needed to do. Nothing spectacular. Kind of just, you know, your average fair, you know, they needed to open open about. Fine. Just a fine, fine outing. Just a fine outing. Just fine. Not, 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 not good. <laughs> 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 How are we grading? Was, was it fine? Is you know, wasn't awful. It was not well. That's not fair because it was actually you know, it was watchable. It's very difficult to grade these things. It was all right. Okay, then moving <laughs> on. We went to the Young Lions Cup on night twelve of the Young Lions Cup. Clark Connors defeated Ren Narita in a bit of a surprise. Seven minutes and twenty five seconds, leaving Ren Narita on ten points and unable to catch up. Shota Umino, uh, Shota Umino and Carl Fredericks. Um, bit of a thriller this one. Seven minutes and twenty five seconds. Rennery is so good. And I don't mean to diss on Clark Connors. Um, and obviously they were telling the story of Narita being the spo- having the spoiler role and it taken away from him. But this was a lot of fun to watch. And Ren Narita and Carl, uh, sorry, Clark Connors are going to have a lot of big moments in professional wrestling in their career. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you know this has been a, a really a fantastic thing to watch this, this uh, Young Lion Cup, which... You know, like I said, it's kind of new for me uh, coming in because I'm obviously out used to seeing the young lions by now. But for them to, you know, have this tournament, which they don't do every year, um, mm-hmm. was great just because of just the sheer amount of talent that they had. Um, you know, just on both ends this year has been uh, cool, and it's really been one of the, the best part of these uh, this destruction tour. So, uh, like you said, it was a really, a really great bout. You know, I think a lot of people had. Uh, uh, you know, Ren and, and Shota, uh, Peg's favorites, but, uh, you know, uh, sometimes things go another way. But, you know, this was this was a great bout, and, and the future is bright, definitely for Clark Connors. I think, you know, somebody like Ren Reed is going to be fine uh, to nail because they're always, we're going to see them doing big things uh, down the line. So, you know. Yeah, Ren Narita has been in one, two, three tournaments in the last 12 months. He was in last year's World Tag League with Shota Umino. He was in the Best of Super Juniors. And he's been in the Young Lions Cup. So he's getting a lot of tournament experience, which means a lot of single matches. And right early in your career in New Japan, that's really, really good because it teaches you how to put entertaining matches together and develop an interesting single style. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. My screen's gone blank, so give me a second. (laughs) (sighs) I don't need a computer to do this. I can do it on my phone. It'll be fine. I was so wrong. Now I have to wait for my phone to catch up. Oh, I was an idiot to try and do this. 
Sorry, folks. Here we go. Next matchup was Clark, Connors, and Ren Narita. Sorry, that was the, no, the one we just talked about. The main event of the, or the final match, I should say, of the 12th match of the Young Lions Cup, uh, pitted Carl Fredericks and Shota Umino, the hot favourite, in the final match on the last night. And amazing, Carl Fredericks takes the win, gets the 12 points, and the first American Young Lions Cup winner in a long time, if ever. Seven minutes and 17 seconds. I think it kind of shows you the faith they're putting in the LA Dojo to give him the win in the Young Lions Cup because that and also means they have an awful, awful lot of faith in him. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? And do you think it's the right person to win? Because I kind of feel that Shota is over anyway. He doesn't really need it. He doesn't need the rub. And people are going to remember him when he comes back. Yeah, I'm, one, I'm yeah, one, like with you 100%. Um, you know, Carl Fredericks, you know, and this is kudos, like you said, to New Japan for, you know, obviously uh, continuing and, and growing in their, their U.S. expansion. Um, but I, I don't think they would have did this if, you know, just, uh, just as a PR move. Mm. Uh, you know, like we, we've been complimenting, you know, both the dojos. Um, and then that's, you know, they, they put a lot of uh, great stock in, in, you know, both places. Um, but Carl Fredericks is a guy, he looks, he definitely looks like a star. And, you know, you step in there with somebody like Shoulder, who, like you said, we've seen him in so many different scenarios. And, and you know, his praises just keep coming every time you see the guy. He's constantly improving. You know, somebody like Shoulder has always, you know, has had star written on him since we, you know, seen him uh, for the longest now. So, like you said, I think, you know, that this doesn't necessarily hurt somebody like Shoulder, who, just gonna be successful, you know, regardless. But I think, um, yeah, somebody I think somebody like Carl Fredericks, you know, needed it more, needed to get that notoriety more. And obviously, like you said, it lends even more credence to that LA dojo. And uh, you know, hopefully his excursion uh pays dividends. But yeah, the two two cracking matches for the uh, young lions. Indeed. Then we move on to the main event heavyweight roster. Bullet Club, Battle of Farley, Chase Owens, and Yujiro Takahashi defeated Toa Henare, Togi Makabe, and Tamiyaki Honma. Obviously, Honma and Makabe are looking at perhaps having a run in the G1 Tag League this year. Henare yet to find a partner. Yujiro and Chase usually have a run in the Tag League. It'd be interesting to see if they got drawn with G.O.D. Um, interesting to see if they got any further this year. Farley, again, without a partner. I'm sure we'll find somebody for him. Um, eight minutes and twenty-two seconds. Thoroughly entertaining matchup. What are your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, same, same stuff. Um, always got to throw the uh, row and uh, uh, thanking Peter for the uh, entrance. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, like I said in these type of situations that we've seen with, with you know these tag matches with the Bullet Club. For me, it's been interesting seeing you know just the, the minor progression of a more aggressive Henry. Mm. Uh, you know, just seeing, you know, because I think he got some real cool stuff on the horizon, depending on the scenarios in which he's put in. So, you know, if they're not going to, you know, doing uh, in a tag, maybe having them, perhaps, I don't know, having a few with somebody like a Fale, you know, because if you, yeah. you know, you be aggressive and stuff like that, you know, you, you got, well, you got to tackle who bigger than the underboss, right? Because yeah, exactly. The general, the general, if you will. So, you know, I think that's that's real cool. But, yeah, like you said, they, they you know, also setting up for tag league with with Michael Bay and and, and Hama and you know Takahashi and Owens always do some interesting stuff. So, um, like you said, fine, good match. But I'm I'm definitely um, keeping my eye on uh, Toa. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with him. I was impressed with him on this tour. Sure, well, he wasn't really on too much on the G1 tag league tour on the G sorry G1 tour. So it's been nice to see him more regularly on this tour. 
Um, but yeah, had a break, feels refreshed. Looks like he's coming in all guns blazing, which is kind of what he needs to do right now. Now then, the next match didn't really get off the ground. Um, Minoru Suzuki, Duke, Yoshinubi Kanemura and Zack Sabre Jr. were all jumped before the ring entrances by Jushin Thunder Liger uh, with a slightly shocked Hiroshi Tanahashi, Rocky Romero and Tiger Mask in tow. And as a result of that, they all paired off and they all started brawling in the aisle. And Minoru Suzuki and Jushin Liger ended up back in the ring. And after disposing of the king in short order, Jushin Thunder Liger demasked himself to reveal Kishin Liger. Um, stealing Dooku's pipe, he chased after Minoru Suzuki up the aisle. This was kind of a predictable move. I predicted it last week. <laughs> but yeah. Kishin Liger is back in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And there is a history of bad blood with Kishin Liger. He is not your average workaday babyface revenge character. Missed flu. Suzuki was shocked. But they took the win with a DQ in three minutes and ten seconds. What are your thoughts on this, Marcus? And your thoughts on Kishin Liger? Yeah, this was this was uh, uh, one of the biggest pleasant surprises out, you know, uh, probably in <laughs> wrestling all year. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's certainly how I came off, um, you know, social media and when whatnot. Because, you know, you've seen something like that, and then you look at the match, and you're like, wait a minute, when, you know, when does New Japan peak early? Like, you know, New Japan <laughs> necessarily uh, pro- uh, blow their proverbial load, if you will. Um, you know, that that's in the show, but it's, it's just such a um, a big thing. Um, and for me, yeah, like you said, you, you predicted it, you called it, like you, anybody that, that listens to even one episode know James is, is the wrestling encyclopedia, so he... Well, obviously, you know, privy to, you know, Juice's background. I wasn't. And, you know, thinking about it, I think I mentioned this last uh, last week um, that it may have been even, I guess I could enjoy a moment like this more because I wasn't privy yeah. to the history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a big shock to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and kudos to New Japan because I would imagine they was aware, like, people who didn't know you know, they built the storyline up such in a way that, you know, um, if they recently had came into New Japan in the, in the last few years, they know like it to be this legend. This guy that's touted, you know, obviously, you know, still can go in the ring um, yeah. and doesn't really mess with anybody, comes in, does his thing and, and, and you know, uh, kind of stays out the way. Then you get this guy like Suzuki, who's, you know, everybody's bully, if you will. And he's just he's just picking at this guy, picking at him and picking at him, and finally he's had enough. I mean, we kicked off the bout with him jumping Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> like it does it. When does that happen? And when does that happen? Courtesy of Juice and Dunderlager. So when this happened, it very much came off like he absolutely made this guy snap, and it came off like uh, like the '89 Batman movie when Keaton was like, "You want to get nuts? All right, let's get nuts." <laughs> so it was. I mean, and and then. You know, going back to when uh, that their last encounter, you talk about like pictures being worth a thousand words, ha- having Suzuki sitting on, you know, uh, the top turnbuckle with with Liger's mask in his mouth, looking like a like a freshly awoken carnivore that just had his you know uh, first uh, thing of meat, and now you see get here and Liger takes that mask off, and it's not that's not like uh, polarizing enough. Minoru yeah. Suzuki running? Are you serious? There you go. Yeah. Like, I've never seen this man run from anything. Uh, so you, you know, to see 
him terrified and to see like he literally almost literally tried to kill this man, which, you know, uh, you know that that'll definitely do it. So I, I think this was was perfect. Did everything it needed to do. It it, it uh sparked some familial history with with uh those like you and others who are familiar with it, and just really. This was a breath of fresh air for folks like me. So, you know, I, th I think it really came off uh, great. But it, it was funny because um, uh, Hiroshi almost looked like, like, I feel bad for Hiroshi. He looked like the way he was walking back, like he could have been doing anything else. He didn't even break a sweat. I'm like, well, no, I mean, Hiroshi could have been doing something with his hair. <laughs> so it, it was great. I've got to say, it was the um, New Japan... Um, tour of North America this weekend. They worked Boston last night. They're working New York tonight. No, so they worked Boston on Friday. They worked New York on Saturday. They're working Philly tonight. Um, Chelsea went to the Boston show and got a cool picture, uh, some very, very cool pictures of uh, watching Tanahashi wrestle with a massive smile on his face because he was he was tagging with Ricky and Robert, the Rock and Roll Express. And it doesn't get any better than that, does it, really? It's like the baby-faced of baby-face teams ever so yeah um that was really cool and the pictures that i've seen i hope everybody has really enjoyed the show um it sounded it looked like they had a lot of fun oh that's that's great shout out to chelsea yeah yeah chelsea is pretty busy these days she doesn't get a chance to come on the, the podcast as often as she used to but she still loves her wrestling so we'll try and get her on as soon as we can anyway tag team match was next chaos show yeah, Chaos, yes, that'll be right. Chaos Show, Tomohiro Ishii, Will Ospreay, Yo, and Yoshihashi. They defeated Bullet Club, your current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, El Fantasmo and Taiji Ishimori, and the Tag Team Champions, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa, in 9 minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, they would, did have another part of that in the open weight, uh, never open weight champion, Kenta. This was really, really good and well put together, told a good story, and the basic story is... Gorillas of Destiny can't beat Rapingi 3K, which is interesting because that lines up Rapingi 3K. Now they've beaten them twice for a tag team title shot. So what's your thoughts on that, Marcus? And what's your thoughts on Rapingi 3K in general? Because this match was exceptionally good. And it kind of went away from the obvious because the obvious thing to do was have Yoshihashi and Ishii pin them again or have Rapingi 3K pin uh, Ishimori and... Um, Ishimori and uh, El Fantasmo. So this was a, a nice refreshing change to let the juniors beat the heavies, even if it probably doesn't play out in the long run as a tag team uh, feud. What are your thoughts on this? Yes, I'm, I'm right there with you. It was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal outing. Just the, 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 you know, the little mini stories that they were telling in between this whole thing specifically was showing, you know, really turn things up against, you know, uh, Tonga and, 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 you know, and lower, and then I was thinking about that, and I'm glad you brought that up because I was like, wait a minute, don't showing yo usually go like for the junior heavyweight, and then now okay. they, they they've knocked off the heavyweight guys twice, and have, in in classic Bullet Club fashion, very much paid for it after the match. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I mean that, that's really been exciting because you would think it, it throws a monkey wrench because classic New Japan logic, you beat the champions like that. Um, you do it twice, you're you're right in line, uh, but yeah. you know we don't necessarily know. Um, but you kind of look at it, um, you know, Ishii and, and Yoshihashi. Uh, you've been doing that thing, and like I said, I think Yoshihashi, you know, for a few people specifically myself, maybe more, 
has benefited from being aligned with somebody like Ishii. I mean, we know Yoshihashi can go usually when he's motivated, but going against somebody like Ishii, you know, he kind of has to keep that that same level of consistency because Ishii never the man doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't take a day off. So um, it'll be interesting seeing what they do. We we might get them shifting. I've heard, you know, um, some some folks talk about and. You know, it'll be interesting to get your point on this. Some po- folks may feel like there's not necessarily enough teams to keep the division separate, and maybe they should combine them. You know, they've been talking about that for years. I don't think they should because the junior heavyweight tag team titles gives plenty of people things to do. The junior heavyweight tag division is way bigger and better than the heavyweight division for sure. Um, but there's matches we haven't had in the heavyweight division. They just don't pull the trigger on. You could have Zack Sabre Jr. Minoru Suzuki versus G.O.D. I think that would be phenomenal, actually. Um, you could have more combinations in chaos. You could have Goto and Ishii or Goto and Yoshihashi or Goto and Osprey. Um, there's a couple of things you could do to liven things up. Or you could hire Aussie Open because they did really, really well against G.O.D. in London. And I don't see why you don't hire Aussie Open, to be honest with you. Um, and... Really, I think they should hire CCK as well. I think um, Chris Brooks, who's a Ref Pro affiliate, and Jonathan Gresham, who's a Ref Pro affiliate, that version of CCK would be blisteringly good in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, you know, it's money and time, and they're kind of associated with DDT. Well, Chris Brooks is, so it's, it's not that easy. I understand. There's ways and means of fixing the heavyweight tag team division. Um, but, you know, it's trying not to rely on Ring of Honor and it's trying not to rely on CMLL. And it's actually putting some teams together and breaking them like they used to do that's going to fix this problem. So I don't think they should merge them. I think they should keep them separate. But I do think they need new lifeblood for G.O.D. just to do anything with. You know, I think G.O.D. are the best bet for a long-term tag team. They love New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're not going anywhere. So make them your Briscoe Brothers or your Legion of Doom or your uh, Heart Foundation as your long-term champions, but you need to have somebody for them to dance with on a more regular basis. And it's more difficult because the well-known tag teams internationally, like LAX, like the Young Bucks, are getting tied up elsewhere. Uh, yeah. on, you know, So you, you, you can't just rely on hiring a team off the shelf. You've kind of got to make this happen. Um, and... Yeah, I think I think it's it depends. I'd be finding it interesting if, say, you get past Wrestle Kingdom and Akada and Tanahashi haven't got a title, and the obvious thing is to put them at the tag team titles and see if they can put some luster back on the belts and make them worthy again. And I think that'd be an interesting thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you. You really bring up such a great point because it it does as has seemed like over the last few years, um, while the junior division has been more flea. Uh, free flowing, if you will, the more consistent. You know, it's been yeah, a lot of yeah. starting stuff, stop, starting stop stuff, like you said, in the heavyweight, and uh, even more than that, uh, really repetitive in a lot of ways. We've talked about, you know, numerous times, like how many times are we going to get like a GED versus? I remember they kept doing that that feud between it was who it was GOD the um, Killer Elite Squad and GOD Killer Elite Squad and War Machine. Yeah, Killer Lee's Wild and War Machine. I mean, that was kind of rinse, or wash, and repeat there for a while. So, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of gets you, you stuck in the rut. And obviously, you know, GOD, uh, you know, phenomenal, uh, you know, the cream of the crowd. But like you said, yeah, they, they do need the, you know, they will benefit from going against somebody like a Okada and, and Tanahashi, you know. So, that, that I mean, that could, that could main event, 
you know, any show. So, you know, I think, I think, you know, hopefully New Japan's uh, Facebook will listen to you and kind of, you know, <laughs> and lean towards that because I think that could get a lot of eyes, you know, on the show. I think it would be interesting because we've had chaos and regular army teams, but we haven't had a chaos and regular army championship team yet. And the thaw won't be over till we have one. So we'll see. Um, the next matchup was Los Ignorables de Japón. Oh, no, it wasn't. I got it wrong. Oh, no, it was. It was right, right. <laughs> Los Ignorables de Japón, Bushy, Evil, and Sonada. They defeated Kazuchika Okada, Robbie Eagles, and Kota Ibushi in 13 minutes and 50 seconds. This is kind of setting up things up for King of Pro Wrestling, where Kota Ibushi will defend his contract against uh, Evil. Uh, for the main event at the Wrestle Kingdom, and Kazuchika Okada will defend the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Sonata, which will probably be his last defense before Wrestle Kingdom, which does kind of say it's going to be Ibushi and Okada. I think, because as much as I love Sonata and Evil, I don't think either of them can carry the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, unless you think differently, Marcus. No, I'm right there with you. Now, you know, we, you know, we're Sonata fans, big Sonata fans. I like, love you as well, uh, especially those guys, the tag team. We've kind of Thank seen uh, what that route has been going, both of those guys. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the story of this match. You know, um, you know, shouts out to Bushi and, and Robbie Eagles for being in there, but we, we kind of know where the gist of was here. <laughs> they were along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, 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 they, they were. Um, and this is this is cool leading into this, but I think you know, like I said on the on the on our last show, um, kind of been waiting on a, a level of urgency just for me from Sonata when it's coming to this uh, thing with Okada, and, and maybe like you said that that's kind of speaking to where it, it naturally feels like it's going, like he's going to give another hell of a you know push for him uh, against Okada, but ultimately come up short, and you know things all roles kind of lead to you know Russell Kingdom with with Ibushi and uh, you know the Rainmaker, so. Uh, but I will say it is uh, brilliant what they're doing with not with making Okada not be able to hit that drop kick on Sonata. <laughs> and then obviously Evil and, and uh, Kota going back and trading forms. And I, I love how LIJ are. Like they both guys were like in the ring, all four guys in the ring at the same time. And like Sonata and, and Evil was just handling their individual things. Uh, with Kota and Okada, and they just instinctively didn't need to have each other's back because they know what it is already. So yeah. oh, that that was really cool. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting seeing what they do. Uh, but I'm right there with you. I would not. I'm not expecting them to pull the trick on either. Jobs kind of be on the floor if they do with one and maybe not the other or both. But that'll yeah. come up like some um, shock shock factor booking, which we don't get from New Japan, which is appreciative for a fan like me. So. Uh, yeah. We'll see, but I think I think the money's on Okada and, and Abush. I think it has been for a while. So, yeah, I think it, I think it's like they're trying to break Abushi as a major star, and I think they're right to do so. He hasn't got this. Is the thing he's not that much younger than Tanahashi when you think about it, and he's older than Okada. So, because he's already had a ten-year career in DDT, so it is like we've got to move on here and Ibushi's yeah. ready for it he's got the presence in the Japanese media he's he's there he just needs a little bit of rainmaker magic to make it work doesn't he yeah yeah so we'll see all right the next matchup was a special singles match Hiroki Goto defeated Shingo Takagi I'm sure you're happy about this Marcus Marcus in 20 minutes and 27 seconds I'm pretty sure Christy is too 
Uh, I actually kind of thought Shingo would take this. This I was a bit of a shocker for um, Hiroki Goto to win this for me. I mean, I'm chaos through and through, but I did think that they would go with Takagi because they're trying to build him as a serious heavyweight. However, it was the kind of match where he didn't lose anything by losing. His presentation was exemplary, and he came across as a killer. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because I'm sure a happy man with this result. Yeah, I, I am happy. You know, uh, naturally, uh, two penny fan shows normal. Uh, Goto got through and through, but I've really, you know, come to the to, to really appreciate Shingo. Um, and this was like a hard ball for me because I didn't know which way it was gonna go. I didn't know who, who was gonna root for because Shingo's just been phenomenal, and I'm always, uh, you know, rooting for Goto. So. You know, I just kind of just sat back and just allowed myself to just be engulfed in a, in, a, in a great bout, which is what this was. I mean, these two have amazing chemistry together. Um, and, and like you say, you, you would think that they would lean more towards single because he's the uh, the newer guy that they're building, that's, that's yeah, been building yeah. up. Um, and somebody that, that really could, could take the heavyweight division by storm. We we know the Goto story. He's always the guy that can, you know... Uh, get a win, you know, if he's properly motivated and all the pieces kind of line up. But, you know, Goto's just a true a true warrior, and I appreciated the video package they did uh, beforehand, so saying how these guys are kind of similar and whatnot, and, you know, that was great to see. But, yeah, this was a phenomenal match. You know, both guys brought it. You really didn't know who was going to put it out in the end, which I appreciate. I mean, Shingo, I thought he had, I thought he had it in the bag when he hit him, but uh, he GTR'd him with a hangman variation. <laughs> and I was like, "Wow! If you would have got him with that, that would all that all, well, that would almost be like a classic Goto scenario." Yeah, uh, being by your own move. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's cool, but even you know, by yourself, even. Yeah, yeah. It, it it really would be, but uh, yeah. You know, Goto uh, Goto uh, fall fall through, pull it through. Would not allow him to hit that uh, last of the dragon, uh, which we we already know is already over the, the second he hits that. So. This is a phenomenal outing. You know, this is probably my favorite match of the show, this whole show. Like I said, they, damn near, they pretty much peaked at uh, Keishin, <laughs> to be honest, because that's the whole part of the show. But this this is where it really got into the, the meat and potatoes uh, from a from a technical perspective. And, I, you know, I enjoyed it. And I could, I could see these guys do this all day. So Yeah, Keishin Lager was your, was your carbohydrates. This was your protein. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay, this main event was Jay White versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And again, in what might be considered an upset, but whatever he says, he does. Jay White takes a title from Tetsuya Naito in 29 minutes and 47 seconds in another absolute thriller. You know, we've talked about Ishii this year, we talked about Okada this year, but Naito and Jay White have been two guys who've delivered. Match in, match out. Now, this isn't Osaka, and NATO was beloved by the hometown crowd in Kobe. However, it wasn't enough to get him past Jay White. So, Jay is arguably the best heel in wrestling right now, and about 12 months ago, none of us would have said that. He was a guy who was kind of trying to figure out where he was supposed to be, but he's grown and he's learnt, and taking the Intercontinental Championship kind of gives him a run at uh, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, if Kotrobushi gets his wish. Now, the theory was that Kotrobushi would challenge Rainmaker Okada or whoever was champion on January the 4th and then challenge the Intercontinental Champion on January the 5th. So we'll see if that actually happens or if it's one of these things they talk about and then never do. 
Because Ibushi is crazy enough to try one of those two half-hour back-to-back matches in two days. No one else would, but he would do. So we'll see about that. However, getting back to this match, Jay White and Tetsuya Nato was, Nato was phenomenal. It, they're just two outstanding athletes and two brilliant, brilliant storytellers. Jay, uh, Jeddo had his part to play in this particular matchup as well. But this was just so much fun to watch. So much with the mind games between these two wrestlers who've been trying to put each other off for the last two weeks. What's your thoughts on this, Marcus? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I've all, you know, I've grown to appreciate Naito. I'm not, I'm not a big Naito guy, but, you know, I, I think I'm more of a fan of, uh, you know, his character and his demeanor and his overall presence, maybe more than I am uh, when, it, when he steps into the ropes. Not taking away anything because the guy's phenomenal. Um, but I think it, it's it's crazy. I th- maybe I appreciate the journey more because we got to see it from the, I got to see it from the beginning with Jay White. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, we we talked about when he first came in. It's funny you could you could have almost exclusively pegged him to that. Um, what did you uh, say about him when they when they were feuding? He was like, at the end of the day, you're just a guy who counts to like what five in the dark. Yeah, he basically got to count to five in the dark. He was this guy that came over that switch switchblade gimmick, the cool jacket, this that, and third did the cutthroat uh, taunt and all that. Uh, but we really didn't you know to make him obviously we saw those early building blocks but mm. um you know, he, he kind of came and building obviously uh came through chaos and literally wreaked chaos um in that regard almost completely wrecked that faction and and, and knocked okada almost into another gimmick um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know it's funny i think i was tell, talking to somebody else about this it, it feels like now he's getting almost the, the type of, of, of fanfare and, and momentum that he needed when he initially got the, the world strap. Yeah, yeah. And and it's really interesting to see him get it now that he's, uh, you know, not champion, but, it, but it's almost serendipitous because that's oftentimes when a lot of guys, you know, kind of hit that stride. You know, we, we've seen, seen it, I guess, you know, when guys kind of get it early over here in the States, they get the title too early and then they get better uh, when they get older, I, I think uh, Randy Orton is somebody that looked like that. Uh, yeah. I think about, you know, when I when I think about that. But, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like you said, he really has developed one of the, certainly probably one of the biggest heels in New Japan. I got to say one of because Suzuki is still breathing. Um, <laughs> and, but, uh, yeah, he really is one of the biggest heels in New Japan and certainly in all of wrestling. And I think people were talking about in this match about, I guess, uh, I guess the crowd was leaving or something. There was buzz about the crowd potentially leaving. Uh, mm. And I talked about, I think, for the most part, I think fans, you know, even if they won't admit it, appreciate the journey as well with Jay because he's yeah. also a guy that we, we, you know, we also talked about this numerous of times. You know, you didn't know how to take him if he, if he was extremely credible in the ring. You saw him a lot, but there was never like, okay, he's, he's, he's stole, he's basically had this, this show steal a match. But now it's like, no, nah, Jay is going to get in there. He can get it done. And if he yeah. cheats, it's just annoying for annoying sake. You know he can get it done. He just does it because, you know, he's pissing everybody off. And yeah. now he's developing to this, you know, uh, one of these damn near on the, on the Kenny Omega bout machine level. And you yeah. talk about somebody with Naito who can always bring it. I think for the most part, when you talk about fan frustration with this scenario, they've been waiting for Naito to get back to that, that world title spot for so long. And he keeps getting derailed in every sense of the word. That you know, it's kind of coming off as like you know, heat against Jay, Jay but it's a, the, I think the overall story with Naito, they've been waiting for him to get back to that title for the longest mm. now, and and maybe 
you know, I think maybe the company is aware of that delayed gratification, but you know, how long is too long before yeah. you know it's enough. So we'll we'll see how that play out. But for now, you know, Jay Jay is Jay is the hot hand. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from my point of view, they have to kind of like be patient because you think back to oh, Wrestle Kingdom nine, and Okada was rolling in to take on Tanahashi, and we all kind of figured, well, Okada's going to take the belt, and that's going to be that, and we move on to the next thing, and Tanahashi wins, and Okada leaves in tears, and we were all like, well, they've screwed themselves now. What's going to happen? But the following year, Okada's the champ, Tanahashi's the challenger, and there's 10,000 people more in the building than there was the year before. And we were wrong. You know, and I completely agree with you. There is a certain fatigue with NATO of when is he going to get there because he's come so close and he's lost so often. But in the other sense, he doesn't really need a championship belt in that sense. He's such a compelling character. He will yeah. always be over, you know, and... Jay White's a championship-style wrestler. He needs a belt to keep him interesting in one sense, or he needs to be constantly chasing for a belt. And I think the fans do genuinely hate him because he's he is entitled and he is young and he is brash and he is cocky, but whatever he says, he pulls off. And that's something that the fans can connect to in a negative fan session negative way that they're supposed to. I think fans leaving early is a bit much, but equally it's it works it's still a visceral reaction to a wrestler they don't like in the right way yeah i'm, I'm right i'm right there which i mean it, it, it whether it happened or not i mean obviously there's always uh you know just scuttlebutt around the net um yeah. but you know what does that say about the level of here that he is that he has a a, a you know japanese crowd leaving about whether they like the people or not you know the the you know that um, they're wildly touted for their respect of the sport. Yeah. So you can get to the point where you break that, you in you in rare you in rare territory. And like I said, I think that that speaks to the level of of heel that Jay White is, is is fully embraced. And you know, I think you know obviously I, um the point about him you know killing killing it with these just consistent great matches came as he's developed into this hill persona, I think everything that we've seen whether it's been his, his ups and downs or whatnot, and, you know, just all the interaction he's had and definitely adding Jado to the thing has just been slow building blocks to what we mm. get now. But as the ultimate agitator, you know, you, I definitely appreciate it because he's an outright heel and not a, a cool heel, if you will. Like he's just an outright, he's the ultimate agitator. So you yeah. Need that. And it was the right place to do it because NATO is popular in Kobe. They couldn't yeah. do that in Osaka because Jay White may have ended up being the face. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So they did it in the right place at the right time with a cracking matchup. Right then. Well, that closes out our coverage for Dominion in 2019. Next up, we have King of Pro Wrestling from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That will be Kazuchika Okada defending the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Sonata and Kota Ibushi defending his number one contendership against Evil with a bunch of other title matches as well. There's been a lot of New Japan fun this weekend, which we won't be covering because I don't think it's going to be on New Japan World, but I've tried not to look at it just in case it's on New Japan World. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see. If it is on New Japan World, I'm sure we'll find some time to cover it. Maybe Chelsea would like to come and talk about it if she has a chance. But for now, thank you very much for listening to The True Penny Show. You can find us on Facebook at The True Penny Show and on Twitter at True Penny Show. You can also find us on Patreon, The True Penny Show, where you can keep us free 
forever for everyone. I'd like to thank my guest today, Mr. Marcus Green. Oh, my pleasure. Always great talking with you. You can find him at Paradox Kid on Twitter, and you can find our sponsors, powerslam.tv, at powerslam.tv on Twitter. Listen to the promo now. Please go also read our sponsors. That would be your Indie Empire magazine, who currently have two editions this month because they've got the El Fantasmo special, which includes my story of the most hilarious day I've ever had at a wrestling show, stood between Dave Meltzer and Pat Patterson whilst watching uh, a junior heavyweight tournament in front of go between my eye, before my eyes. Uh, so you can read that story. Uh, <laughs> and interviews and quotes from El Fantasmo himself about his career before he got to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, and before he was at RevPro, which kind of is the bit that's the, kind of the missing piece of the story, and you can find out more about that in this month's Indie Empire magazine. Thank you very much for listening today. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Bye. All right, thanks for that, Marcus. No, I'm glad I was able to do it. I was hoping I got, uh, you know, that snafu got handled because I know it's always small windows because I'm like, okay, James has the, the <laughs> schedule. 